You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And we're going to go ahead and get started today with 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And I've said this over and over again. If you do not understand that God created you to operate on three levels or in three dimensions, spirit and soul and body, you will have a very difficult time understanding the fullness of the work of redemption that he did in you. So let's go ahead and read this text. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul uses that word completely, sanctify you completely, He is implying that he's about to name all of the parts of you that need to be sanctified. And there are three, spirit, soul, and body. Now, there are different dimensions of us in each one of those things, but the three major elements of a man's being are the spirit, the soul, and the body. Spirit and soul are not the same. We're not into that yet, but we will cover that in this series. So many Christ followers are confused about the nature of their spirits because they misunderstand a teaching that the Apostle Paul gave in Romans chapter 7. Now this is huge. You cannot understand Romans 7 if you don't pay careful attention to what he said in Romans chapter 6 and later and in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 7 is somewhat of a lift out. He is reverting back to his experience as a Jewish believer under the law of Moses. Romans 6, Romans 8 talk about God's work in us in a totally different way. But let's get into it and we'll read beginning in Romans chapter 7 and verse 1. He said this, The dominion of the law over men lasts only during their lifetime. So the theme of this chapter, as he begins this talk, he's talking about the law of Moses. And he's saying the law has jurisdiction over men as long as they're alive. Now remember, when you come to Christ, the law no longer pertains to you in the sense that you are under it. It is because you have died. And that's what Paul's trying to get across here. He explains that by our identification with Christ, the old person, your old spirit, actually literally, this is not symbolic, this literally happened. Your spirit died. My spirit died when I came to Christ, confessed Him as Lord. Paul said, for I was crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. That means then that your old self, your old weak self, your old sinful self, 
the sinful self that Jesus describes in the Gospel of Matthew when he talks about out of the heart come all of these terrible things, murders and, 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 and sins of all kinds, thefts and envy and all of this stuff comes out of the heart. But now that we receive Christ, the Spirit has been totally changed. Now, look at Romans chapter 7 and verse 6. But now that we have died with Christ, Coney Bear's translation, the law wherein we were formerly held has lost its hold on us. Now the law is a good thing. And, and, and there's so much we can learn from the Old Testament. It gives us amazing pictures of the New Testament. But it does not tell us the fullness of our relationship with God in a New Testament way. And it's so very important for us to see the differences in relationship. He goes on to say, so that we are no longer held in the bondage of the letter, but in the service of the Spirit. The idea is that the law could not change a person's spirit. That's what it says. He said the law couldn't take away the consciousness of sin. The law couldn't do anything about the inward man. It could cleanse you legally. It could cleanse you ceremonially. Let me put it like this. It's like what happens when you adopt a child. You adopt a child and legally they become your child. But imagine, imagine if you have the power to somehow infuse your DNA into that child so that child who did not start out as your child but is now your child whom you love and you've brought into your family, imagine that you could give your DNA to that child so that they look like you. They carry your DNA. They are you. That is what God did. We are adopted in the sense that we existed before. But we're brought into the family of God and we're infused in spirit with His nature, with His DNA. That's what the new birth is all about. Now, then Paul goes into detail about why the law was so good and what it was important, or why it was important. He said, on the contrary, I should not have learned what sin is had it not been for the law. The law was given to teach us the difference between right and wrong. It didn't have a cure for that. It had a covering for that, but it didn't have the cure. You know, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God gave them animal skins to cover their nakedness, but He didn't change their nakedness. What we have in the New Testament is not just a covering. In fact, the word atonement means a covering, and it's all through the Old Testament we have an atonement. But we have something different. We have a change of heart, a rebirth. Now, on the contrary, I wouldn't have known what sin was had it not been for the law. He said, I realized, Romans 7, 9, that I had broken the law. I realized I was a sinner, doomed to die. It's the first thing you've got to know about God. First thing that came to me the night I heard the gospel preached. I knew I was wrong in the eyes of God. But there was a remedy presented to me. And it was when I was presented with the remedy that I had the power to make the decision. Had I just been told I was a sinner, it would not have helped me. I was given a remedy. Now listen to Romans seven fourteen. Paul says, but for me, I am carnal, a slave, sold into the captivity of sin. This is not his experience as a New Testament believer. This is how he saw things under the law. 
He goes on to say in verse 15, 20th century uh, New Testament, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not what I would. I wind up doing, he said, what I hate. Romans 7, 16, Coney Beer. I thereby acknowledge the goodness of the law. He said the law is good in this sense. It showed me that I was a sinner. So the law is pertinent to those who do not know Messiah because the thing that you need from God before you meet Messiah is to know you can't be saved by yourself. Paul openly admits that it was sin that dominated his life and controlled him before he met Christ. Romans 7.17. He said, now then, it is no more I that do it. He said, the wrong things I do, the sins that I do. He said, it's really not me. Uh, the Lambs of Translation says, it's sin that's doing it. Sin is dominating me. In other words, he's saying, I've got the nature of sin under the law. Now, these words then are not the words of a born-again follower of Jesus. I'm reading Romans 7.18, the Knox translation. Of this I'm certain, that no principle of good dwells in me, that is, in my natural self. Now listen, pay attention to that. No good dwells in me. How does that square with Philemon 6, which says that the communication of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. That is a totally opposite idea from what is being said here in Romans 7.18. So there has to be a reconciliation between these passages. What Paul is telling us here, this is me before I met Christ when I was under the law. He says in Romans 7, 18, Weymouth, for the wish to do right is there, but not the power. Now, how can that be if Christ came, gave us his life, but he didn't give us the power to change? Oh, my goodness. I hope we see this. We read these verses in Romans 7 all the time, and, and, and like this one, Romans 7, 19, Goodspeed Translation. I do not do the good things that I want to do. Montfort says, but the evil which I do not intend to do, I am ever practicing. Oh, man, that is not the description of a New Testament believer. This is Paul explaining how the law worked on a sinful person before he met Christ. And then here's the capper, Romans 7.21. New King James Version says, I find then a law. Moffat translates it like this, and this is the linchpin. So this is my experience of the law. He just comes right out and says it. This is what it was like for me under the law. I wanted to do the right thing, but I couldn't because sin controlled me. Now, I told you earlier that we had to reconcile Romans 6 and Romans 8 with what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Listen to Romans 6.14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. What is Romans talking about in chapter 7? It's talking about the law. It's talking about the law being over, man. What is Paul doing? He's defending the righteousness of the law. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the power of sin and death. So this is so critically, critically important. <clears throat> we have been given a brand new spirit. 
any desire you have to break the laws of God or to sin against God, it's not coming from your spirit. Your spirit is pulling against that. Your spirit's been born again. You have a new nature. But if you don't dwell on that new nature, if you don't feed that new nature, if you don't uh, let that new nature grow and become strong, that new nature will not dominate you. So we don't have a divided spirit. We do not have that. And this is so very important because I've, I've said this before and it bears repeating. What you believe in your doctrine will set your experience. Your doctrine sets your experience. A lot of people believe that they are still sinners, even after they've received Christ. I still, I'm still a sinner. I'm just saved by grace. I still have sin in me. I've got it in my heart. They, they believe that, and as a result, it weakens them. Paul tells you in Philemon 6, you cannot receive the full effect of what Christ did in you if you do not acknowledge it. Let me again quote you Philemon 6 that the acknowledgement of your faith may become effectual. We would say effective today. Your faith is effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Romans 7 is a litany of the evil things that were in the believing Jew or the Jewish person who was following God under the law of Moses. But thanks be to God, we have a different program with God. That's why it's so important we rightly divide the word of truth. We look at what all the scriptures say. We don't just look at one thing. Christ came to totally change us inwardly, to put his spirit in us. We are born again. And so this is the threefold program of God for you and for me in this day. Feed your spirit. You can't change your spirit other than to help it grow by feeding it God's word. Your spirit was recreated by God. You didn't do it. It's a work of God's grace. You can, however, change your thinking. You can have a dramatic impact on your mind by feeding your mind a steady diet of God's Word. And finally, when you get your spirit and your mind on the same page, you will develop the strength, the will, the capacity to subjugate your body. You will control your body. You will find yourself the master of your body, and you will control the desires and the lusts of your flesh and of your mind. That's what the Bible calls the things we battle. So we have been given a new nature, and I can't emphasize this enough. That's why I'm spending so much time on it. We're not done. We're going to pick this up tomorrow and talk about it even further. But for now... I want you, if you would, if you hadn't already done it, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button. When you hit that like button, it helps me to get this podcast out in front of more people. I hope you'll do that. And tell somebody about it. And then also, and I say this all the time, but we have new people joining us every day. Uh, there is a website called MyFaithRoots.com, and on that website you can sign up for an email devotion that comes in print form to you every day. Well, that's all the time that we have today, 
And so I'll let you go, but don't miss tomorrow. It's going to be the linchpin of all we've talked about here. Thank you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.